Amen. Everyone say praise the Lord. Praise Come the Lord. on, church, say praise the Lord. Praise oh, the Lord. aren't you glad for the presence of the Holy Spirit here today? Oh, I tell somebody beside you, I'm glad I came to church today. Amen. Amen. Well, we welcome you to the second week of what has become a series. Actually, when I prepared this sermon and, and was planning on preaching it a few weeks ago, uh, it was just going to be a standalone sermon. It was just going to be one so- sermon. But as I prayed about it and as I, as I continued to ask God for direction, uh, I felt like he changed the total direction of, of what we're going to do from this day on for the next few weeks. And I felt like he just wanted us to camp out right here on the subject of worship. It's such an important thing. It's, you know, the most important thing we can do is follow God and love God and worship God. And uh, so last week, we looked at the seven words that will change the way you worship. And let me just say, if you were not here last week, I encourage you to go back and watch last week's message. And, and I know that it will, it will really change your outlook. There are seven, seven different words that the Bible uses for the word praise. As you know, we read the Bible in English, but the Bible is actually written in Hebrew and in Greek. And the English language doesn't have words uh, exactly to define the Hebrew words and the Greek words. And, and sometimes we just use the one word, like the word love or the word praise. But there's so many other ways. So I encourage you to go back and, and look at that. And today, we're going to look at what true worshipers really are. And, and uh, it is the attitude that God seeks in us. He wants to see an attitude of worship. But before I dive into it, let me just say a great big welcome to all of you. If this is your first time with us, we say welcome home. I trust that it's the first of many. We're so glad that you're here. If you're watching online, I appreciate you watching online. That's awesome. Thank you for joining us online. And come on, Capital City Church, can we just give all of them a great big welcome? Come on, let them hear you. All right, you can do better than that. Come on, let them hear you. We're glad you're here. Well, last week, as I said, I talked about the seven Hebrew words that will change the way that you worship. Let me just give you a quick uh, a review. This isn't in your notes, but if you want to write these down, uh, maybe you weren't here last week and you're interested in what those words are uh, and, and you haven't yet watched the sermon, let me just give them to you quickly. The first one was Yadah. Yadah is to revere or to worship with extended hands. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a posture that the psalmist encourages us to do. It's a posture that they did in the early church, understanding that we lift our hands. That's why we lift our hands, because the Bible literally says, lift your hands, raise your hands. In fact, that word yadab is the same word that's used for shooting an arrow or throwing a stone. It's an extended, abrupt Praise God, I love God, and worshiping him today. The second word was halal. It is to rave, to boast, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. And in a little bit, we're going to see someone in the Bible that was clamorously foolish in his worship. And uh, people looked on and said, what in the world is going on with that guy, right? And I, you know, I hope that people look at me and go, what in the world is going on with that guy? Because maybe they'll ask me, and I'll get to tell them it's all about Jesus. Amen. The third word was Tehillah, which is a hymn. We just had our hymn sing a little while ago. A song of praise, a new song, a spontaneous song. The word Todah is the extension of the hands. Again, the, the, the posture of worship. The, the psalmist was very clear that our worship should be, should be uh, 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 
in thanksgiving and worship, extending the hands, extending our heart. It, this is a, this todah is a sacrifice of praise. It's not just thanking God for what he has done, but it's thanking God for what he's going to do. How many of you know sometimes that's a real sacrifice? Because when I'm in the middle of the storm, I don't feel like thanking God for anything. Amen? But the psalmist says, ta-da. And then the fifth one was zamar, zamar, making music with strings. And so uh, Charlie and, and, and uh, who else was up here? Josh and, and uh, we don't really have a, oh, and, and Henderson and, and we had Greg on the, on the bass guitar. Hey, they're just being biblical up here, amen? Uh, they're just being biblical and giving God with strings of praise. Then the next one was Barak, to bless by kneeling or bowing. And you remember in those days that, that word tamar, that word uh, barak, I mean, was to kneel while keeping my gaze on the Lord. To kneel while keeping my gaze on the Lord. And then the last word, word we talked about was Shabbat, to address in a loud tone. Everybody give a loud tone on the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah. Hey, there we go. You can do better than that. One, two, three. Yeah. A loud tone. That's right. To shout, to commend glory and triumph. God wants us to cut loose with a holy roar. Amen? Well, today we're going to look at another scripture that tells us what it means to, be, to have an attitude of worship, true worship. One of my greatest prayers for our church is that we will reflect the heart of God, that we grow in our passion for worship of our God, that we no longer look at the singing time and the worship time as a, as a spectator sport. You know, even when people are spectators, when they're going to a spectator sport, they still shout and they still, they still holler and they still say, like the video I showed of the Buckeyes last week, maybe that'll pique your interest enough. If you didn't watch last week, you need to go back and watch that. To grow in our passion for our worship for God, that we're no longer onlookers, but we're participants. Amen. Well, today's key verse, I have it there in your notes, is from John 4, 23. It says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Do you see what it says? The time has come. The time is coming, but then he says, has now come when true worshipers will worship. Understand this, that the Bible says, in fact, Jesus said, if we don't worship him, the rocks will take our place. If we don't do our part in worshiping God, somebody's going to worship, even if it's the rocks. And I want to tell you, I don't want a rock taking my place in worship. Amen? Amen. Notice what God is seeking there in that verse. I want you to look at that verse for a moment. He's not looking for public speakers. He's not looking for charismatic leaders. He's not looking for gifted administrators. He's not looking for the best looking. He's not looking for the best style of worship. He's not looking for the one with the most Instagram followers. What he's saying is, I am looking for true worshipers. And it all has to do with our attitude. You know, we shouldn't seek to be sought by the world. We should seek God with all of our hearts. And God is seeking us to be true worshipers. You see, true worshipers are identified not by where they worship, but by whom and how they worship. 
You could really tell a true worshiper, not by where they attend church or where, where it is that they go to, to worship God, but they can, a, a true worshiper can worship anywhere. A true worshiper can go to any church or any concert and worship God. We are not identified by where we worship, but whom and how we worship. It says, worship in spirit and in truth. And true worship, listen to me, is empowered by the spirit of truth. True worship is in accordance with truth. True worship can only occur in, in and through Jesus Christ, who is the truth and who is the temple which we dwell. I love what Charles Stanley says about this. He says, God is spirit. His divine nature is pure and holy. He is absolutely worthy of our worship. Aren't you glad for that? However, we should never address him in the way the world shows its adoration, trying to earn his favor by making sacrifices he never asked for. Instead, the Lord actively seeks men and women who will eagerly worship him according to the truth of Scripture and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Worship, listen, worship must also be in truth, that is, transparent, sincere, and according to to biblical mandates. So what does the Bible say about worship then? Well, last week we looked at those seven words out of the book of Psalms that really do give us a new insight, a new understanding of what praise is and what worship is. The reason we spend 20 minutes of worship music at the beginning of every service is to give each of you an opportunity to engage and express devotion to God. I encourage you not just to watch the band play and not just watch the singers sing. Don't be a spectator. I encourage you to do whatever you can to show God that he is worthy of our praise. I would venture a guess that if there was a, if there was a famous person that walked through that door back there, I would venture to say that every one of us would stand up and turn around and go, oh my goodness, look who's here. Whether it's the President of the United States or whether it's a very popular uh, someone from television or whether it's someone uh, that, that we, we follow on Instagram or an influencer or whoever it might be, if, if someone walked through those doors that you've always admired and always thought that was great, walk through those doors I would say we would immediately turn our head and somebody's going to stand. So guess what? You're going to stand because you don't want to miss out. And you want to make sure you see this person that has entered into our presence. Well, the Bible tells us that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is among them. So every Sunday, Jesus Christ shows up in this room. And every Sunday, we should be ready to stand in his presence, ready to lift our hands, ready to worship him. He is the king of glory. He is our treasured guest. He is the one who comes and makes a difference in our lives. And we should be ready to stand up and say, thank God I get to be in the presence of Jesus Christ himself. In Matthew 15, 8 and 9, Jesus is quoting the prophet Isaiah's writing about the religious leaders in those days, in Jesus' time. And they were complaining about the way the disciples were worshiping. They actually started to worship without washing their hands. I said, listen, we got we to make sure we follow the law here. And I want you to look what Jesus says. He's quoting the book of, prophet, uh, the, the, book of uh, uh, the prophet of Isaiah. And he says, these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. 
What's he saying? These spiritual leaders, they may think they're, they're close to God, but they're just religious. They're just going through the re- religion of it all. These people, they, they do honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, and their worship is a farce. So before I get into the three things I want to give to you that make up a true worshiper, I want to read the book of Psalm 100. It says, shout with the Lord, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with what? With singing and with joy. So we need to come before him with our singing and also with our joy. We need to tell our face what our heart is saying, amen? Amen. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, watch this, and we are his. You are his today. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Everyone say, praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. I don't care if you're too young to understand what I'm saying. I don't care if you're too old to hear what I'm saying. You are part of the generation that should worship the Lord. Amen? I can't say much. This morning during hymn sing, I, I, my age got a hold of me. My trifocals couldn't get the right spot on the screen to get the words. And so I just, I just kind of made some up till I figured it out. Amen? I recommend you never get old, huh? You remember last week I said uh, that I was up here preaching and I was praising God that he gave me the ability to because that Friday my back had gone out so bad that I couldn't even walk. Uh, Friday or Saturday, but God gave me the strength to be here on Sunday, and I preached even though my entire right leg was numb, and uh, all of, I know a lot of you were praying for me, and so I went home, and I was just expecting that, that uh, you know, it was going to be completely better, but Monday was worse, and Tuesday was worse, and Wednesday was even worse, and, and Thursday was worse, Friday was slightly better, but here's what I know. I sense your prayers. Many of you were praying for me, and I sense your prayers. And I'm thankful that this morning I'm able to get up here, and I can raise my hands higher than I could last Sunday. I'm just thankful for that. Amen? How many of you know we serve a God that answers prayer? How many of you know that every one of you in this room have a reason to worship God? Amen. By the way, I thank you for your prayers. And I'm, I'm doing well this morning. My, my right leg is only half numb. So that's a start, right? That's beginning. That's a better. I'm actually going to go see the surgeon on Tuesday and see if we can get all that figured out. But I want you to know that since God is seeking true worshipers, that speaks to the fact that our attitude needs to be in place where we're ready to worship. We want to give God honor and glory and the worship that he is due. He is worthy of it all. And I get up here and I shout and I get excited. I'm going to tell you, I didn't know, I, I, I don't do that on purpose. Some, someone asked me that. The other, the, a couple weeks ago when I had this, you remember when I had this suitcase up here? I don't remember which week it was, but I brought a suitcase up with me. And, and about, about halfway through the illustration, I shoved it and went clear off, clear across the stage and dropped to the floor. You remember that? And a couple of you asked me, how long did you have to practice that? I didn't practice that. I didn't even know I was going to do it. <laughs> I just decided in the middle of my illustration, I was going to shove it off the stage and see what happened. Amen? So I know that God, if we're willing to do our part, God will do his part and give him honor and glory. And so for the next few minutes, as you prepare your heart for a little bit more worship in a moment, I would like to show you three qualities from Scripture about true worshipers. Are you ready? Let's pray together before we dive in. Father, thank you for your presence today. 
Thank you for the worship that we've already experienced. Thank you, Lord, that we serve a God that's bigger and greater than any problem, any struggle, any hurt, any habit, any hang-up that we might have in our life. Thank you, God, that you're never overwhelmed, you're never surprised. Lord, you are never caught off guard. You know all things. You are the great physician. You are the great healer. You are the great forgiver. And right now, Lord, I pray that you would help me to get out of your way. Lord, use me as your servant, not to be seen. Lord, to be, for your word to be heard through me is my prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. True worshipers, three things I want to share with you today. The first one, if you're taking notes, write this down. True worshipers worship with awe. True worshipers worship with awe. I love the way the writer of Hebrews put it. He said, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, watch this, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For God, watch this, God is a consuming fire. Oh, I tell you, the presence of God will come in and he'll consume us so greatly we won't even remember whether we raised our hand or not. We won't even remember whether we said hallelujah or not. We'll just know we were glad to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We'll just be glad that we were in the presence. And you know what? I know that we're all made up differently. I know that we all have different personalities, but I'm here to tell you that when we get in the presence of God, it will change us from the inside out. And there's never been a time when I've gone into the presence of God discouraged or heartbroken or hurt that I did not come out of his presence encouraged and strengthened and thankful for the presence of God in my life. Amen. That's why we call it a sacrifice. For God is a consuming fire. Psalm 95, 6, come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. You know, the wise men knew enough to bow before Jesus. I think, that, I think that the Bible is very clear that when we're in the presence of God, we should be acutely aware of our posture. Is our posture showing our devotion to God? Is our posture showing our love for God? Is our posture showing a thankfulness for God? Is our posture showing that we, re we believe that God is greater than any problem that we can have? God is very aware of our posture in worship. And the wise men just knew they would bow before Jesus. Simon Peter fell to his knees before Jesus. One day, I'll tell you, the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Amen. that Jesus Christ yeah. is Amen. Lord. Amen? Amen? So what are we learning here from Scripture? True worshipers will overcome, will be overwhelmed, will have overflowing gratitude with the presence of God. Let me ask you this. When is the last time that you were stunned and shaken by the presence of God? And you remember the question I said last week. The question when you go home from church is not, how was worship? The question is, how was your worship? 
You see, because it doesn't matter how the person behind me worships or the person in front of me worships or the, the people on the, on the platform worship. What really matters is, did I come into a place and give God all of my heart in all of my worship? How do we do that? Standing in awe of, pre- of God's presence, knowing that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. I've told you before that there have been several times in my Christian walk where God has has overtaken me so greatly in worship that it was beyond anything that I could control. And, and, and he, just, he just began to weep through me, and, and it was just a sense of his presence. It wasn't an audible voice, and typically it happens while I'm praying or while I'm, while I'm singing and, and, and asking God. Uh, sometimes it was while I was praying for the lost of my city, and, and, and sometimes it was while God was encouraging me to go deeper in my walk with God, and sometimes it was uh, when God was calling me. Another time, God was calling me into a new season of ministry, and I can remember in those moments in the presence of God a sense of all came over me so greatly that I began to weep and I began to bawl uncontrollably and I began to worship him in a way that I wasn't even thinking about because I knew I was in the presence of a holy God and my prayer is that every time we come together as worship as Capital City Church that we come in ready expecting to see and to experience and to know the presence of God in our midst so true worshipers are those who worship with awe. The second thought is this. True worshipers worship with abandon. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, if you look up the word abandon in the dictionary, you're going to see words like recklessness. You're going to see words like uninhibited. You're going to see words like lack of restraint. Uh, In fact, you're going to see the word wildness as a definition. Think about that for a moment. I'm going to worship God with recklessness. I'm going to worship God being uninhibited. I'm going to have I'm going to have a lack of restraint. I'm going to give God all that I am because he is worthy of it all. A few months ago, we did a series called God's Favorite House. And you remember a couple of those sermons we concentrated on the moving of the ark of the covenant when David moved the ark and the first time, he got ahead of God, and he, he did it a little different than what God wanted him to. And they put it on the back of a cart, you remember, and they tried to move uh, the ark. And it was working fine until one of the oxen stumbled a little bit, and the, and the ark uh, uh, shook a little bit. And one of the priests reached out to, to stop it and to, to keep it from falling, and he was struck dead. I want to tell you something. That's some pretty amazing presence of God. Amen. Then David decided he was going to do it the right way. And you remember, the next time they attempted it, they would stop every every so often and worship God and praise God and give him offerings. And then they'd move a little bit further, and they'd stop and they'd worship God, depend on God, show their abandon of worship. And then when they finally got to the resting place of the ark, it says that David danced before the Lord with all of his might. All right, pastor, you lost me. What are you saying? I have to dance? Nope. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, you could at least tap your foot a little bit. Maybe move your finger. Maybe you could open your eyes and 
let us know you're still alive, amen? <laughs> John Maxwell used to talk about the, the pastor that was preaching along, and, and right there in the middle of service, somebody just keeled over, and, and uh, they just fainted right there. So they called the ambulance, and, and the ambulance came. They said, who, who are we in? Well, the, there's someone that's up there, and, and they, they fainted. They, they look like, they're, they look like they're, they're just not responsive. And, and so the, 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 uh, the paramedics looked around. They said, well, we still don't know which one it is. They all look like they're dead, amen? <laughs> How many of you ever been to one of those churches, amen? Uh, so when the ambulance comes, make sure they know, I'm not the dead one, right? Come on. Everybody put your hands up in there real quick and then back down. I just want to make sure you're one of the, are you with me? If you're with me, put your hands up. If you're awake, put your hands up. Come on, you can do that for me. Uh, I, just, I better call the ambulance or somebody is still sleeping. No, I'm not telling you you have to dance, but what are you going to do? What is it? What is it you're going to do to show God David gave it all he had. He didn't care what anybody else thought. He was worshiping his God. And of all the people to first criticize him, it was his wife, Michael. <laughs> you humiliated yourself. You're the laughing stock of the nation. I can't believe you're out there dancing around and making a fool of yourself and flapping your arms around and, and singing loud. What in the world are you doing? You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be the king. You're supposed to be the one who has poise and I love my Lord. Oh. Have you ever met someone who just thought, the more spiritual I am, the more how my head has to drop, and the more I have to shake my head and just go, oh. How you doing today, brother? Oh. How you doing today, sister? Oh. I'll tell you what, if you go to work and they ask you how you doing and you go, oh. And then invite them to church, they're going, oh, I might go to a church, but I'm not going to yours, Amen. When you invite someone to church, they ought to be excited about coming to church because they've met you and they want what you have. And the way you do that is you've got to demonstrate it a little bit. Come on. Now, you don't have to be as crazy and exciting as Pastor Phil, but you at least got to show some kind of, of, of life that you love your Jesus. Amen. Come on. Because I know that on your wedding day, if you're married, you had a wonderful time showing the world that you loved your spouse. And I know that if you have kids... You put 553 million pictures of your kids on Instagram just about every day. And if you don't have Instagram, you're putting them on Facebook. I remember the day when you'd meet somebody and they'd whip out this book, you know, with actual pictures in it. Say, let me show you my grandkids. And we go, oh, that's, they're so pretty. They're so nice. Said, Dear Lord, when will this book, this book is really thick. And when you're about done with the book, they whip out another book. Now look at these. This is the next year, right? We're excited. Could we, oh, come on now. Could we at least be as excited about our Jesus as we are our children? Amen. Could we at least be excited about Jesus as we are our grandchildren? Because I'll tell you what, there's nothing worse than a proud mama than a proud grandmama. Amen? <laughs> Woo. In fact, I'm going to stop right here. Do we have the baby in here? I saw, oh, we got a brand new baby. First time here. What's the name? Come on, shout it loud. Waylon Ray, come on, can you stand up and show us Waylon Ray? We need to give him a welcome. Come on, somebody stand up. Show us this beautiful baby. Come on, give this baby a hand. We're going to raise this baby in church today. Come on, get excited. How many of you love seeing babies in church? Woo! Glory, glory, hallelujah. Starting them off right, huh? 
Now, every time Waylon Ray goes to church, he said, when did the shouting start? <laughs> that was fun. When's all that hollering start? I like that, right? Oh, that's not even in my notes. I just brought it up. Look what, look what David said to his wife, verse 21. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. Oh, i got to read that again. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated, watch this, in my own eyes. What's he saying? I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone and just do something silly for the Lord because I want the world to know that he has changed me from the inside out. I'm not the man I used to be. I am changed because Jesus, because God is in my life and he has made me a new person. In other words, David was saying, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. Just hang around and watch what happens. Now, I know some of you are sitting back there and you're going, huh, pastor? I'm really nervous. What if somebody actually does stand up and shout? What if somebody actually does stand up and, and do this? What will people think? Let's look at what David said. He retorted to you. I was dancing before the Lord, not for you. I am willing to do whatever it takes. I'm going to look foolish even to be humiliated in my own eyes. You have seen nothing yet. <laughs> and let me just say this. we got to go a long ways before we're ever accused of being weird for Jesus. Amen? Did I just say that out loud, Pastor David? we got a long ways to go. I'm not a bit worried. I'm really not. <laughs> Ed, I'm not a bit worried. I think we got a long ways to go before someone walks in and says, well, these people are just a bunch of weirdos. Now, they may say it when the preacher starts preaching, but I'm fine with that because you have seen nothing yet. Amen? Oh, I had a guy go home from church and ask his mom. It was his first Sunday there. And during that sermon, it was a little bit different. God came on me, and I began to weep. I wept like a baby. I just made a fool of myself. And, you know, the enemy always jumps on my back. You know, people are going to think you're weird. You're an old. He went home, and he asked his mom, does he always cry like that? <laughs> she said, well, sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes he does other things crazy. And if my leg felt better, I'd do the three-legged or the three-step happy jump right now, but I'm not going to do it. If I get any more excited, I might. See, David was not praising God to impress others. He was praising God because of who God is and because of what he's done in his life. And when I know that God has made a difference in my life, I can't help but praise him. And I know that many of you know what I'm talking about. Not everyone, but many of you. You've experienced his grace. You, you know what it means to be forgiven. You're different now. You're a new person. You are his, and you want to shout to the world, I am changed, and God has it for you as well. And because of what he's done, you've got to give him praise. Sometimes you just have to shout and clap and lift your voices and lift your hands and tell him how much you love him and tell him that he is a good, good God. He is a great and gracious God. We worship you, Lord, with awe. We worship you, Lord, with abandon. And the third one is this, if you're taking notes, to worship with affection. You see, it's all about our attitude. It's because we love God. 
Not because we want to impress anybody. Not because we're afraid what people will think if we, if we do something different or whatever. It's because we love God, worship God with affection. The psalmist said, uh, this is David in, in, in chapter 27. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of my days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Wow. How beautiful that is. If I could have one thing, it's not power. It's not money. It's not things. If I could ask for one thing, it would be a deeper intimacy with God. To be able to dwell in the house of the Lord. And to see his glory. To worship God. You know, it's kind of like this. If you ask me about my wife, Crystal, I could give you all the details you need to hear. Because I love her. We're in our 34th year of marriage. How cool is that? Huh? Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. And I would sit here and tell you what I love about her. I love the way she laughs. One time my kids and I were in the backyard swimming in the pool and, and we heard, <laughs> we're like, oh, and then a little bit later, <laughs> I'm like, man, something's going on in there. It was my wife. She was in the house laughing and it was so beautiful. But we want to know what she was laughing about. So we walked in, we said, Crystal, what in the world are you laughing? She said, I'm not laughing. I said, yes, you are. She, she, she was watching a sitcom on television, and every time they did something funny, she would just laugh out loud. She didn't even know she was laughing beautifully, but it was music to my ears. Amen? I love the way she cooks. You can tell that by just looking at me. Amen? I love the way she takes care of me. This week, I'd be lost without her. I was flat on my back for most of the week. Couldn't move, couldn't walk. I could go from the bed to the chair and back to the bed. That's it. I love the way that she loves God. I love the way that she loves people. She's my rock. Thank you, Charlie and Molly, for gifting the most amazing woman in my life. You say, well, Pastor, there you go, crying again. I can't help it because I love her so deeply that when I start talking like this, I can't help but well up. I didn't plan to do this. I want you to notice something. When someone asks me about my wife, Crystal, I don't have to go research it. I don't have to go Google who she is. I don't have to go stalk her on Instagram to find out what an amazing woman she is. Why? Because I know her. And if God would say anything to us this morning, I think he would say this. I really want to know you and I would love it if you would get to know me <laughs> that's what God wants as we grow to know him not just the facts about him but an intimate awareness of his character and who he is and what he's done in our life and that's what I want for Cap City Church I envision people that are so passionate for worship that they show up early with their hearts wide open, ready to just sing praise to God. So in love with God 
that they're ready to be transformed by His grace. I see people with passion. They can't wait to join other believers in worship. So right now, what I want to do is give you a chance, an opportunity, not to fake it, but to just say, God, I want to know you more. And do you know that no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, you can pray that prayer. Maybe you've never met him before. God, I want to know you more. Maybe you've known him for 40 or 50 years. God, I want to know you more. Here's what I say often as a pastor. If, you've been, if I've been your pastor very long, here's all God requires of me. My next step. What is my next step in my spiritual journey? So before we worship, just bow your heads for a moment. If there's anyone here, I just feel impressed to do this right now. If there's anyone here this morning that has not come to know God, accepted His Son Jesus as your personal Savior, gotten saved, letting God change your life, however you want to say it, however you've heard it, maybe you've never heard of it before, I want you to know that before we sing this song, you can know God personally. For God so loved you, you can put your name in there, that he gave his only son, Jesus, to die on a cruel cross and to rise again on the third day, that whosoever, that's you, put your name in there, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. So right now, just bow your head. Maybe everyone has already accepted. Maybe everyone in this room has accepted Jesus. If you're watching online, I want you to listen to this too. But if you would like to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. All I ask you to do is just to raise your hand so that I know that you're praying with me. That's all I want. Just raise your hand. I'll cross this room. Just lift your hand. Yes. Yes. There's one over here. Two over here. Any more? Yes. There's one right here in the middle. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. Yes. I see that hand over here. Yes, another hand over here. Amen, amen. If you're online, I just, wherever you're sitting, just raise your hand. I've done that. I've raised my hand when I was alone in the car worshiping God. Just lift your hand. I want to know God. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. You can put your hands down. So, Father, right now, these folks have raised their hand, and you said that if we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to give us a freedom from the inside out. And right now, Lord, they're praying with me. Just pray this. Lord, the best way I know how, I accept you as my Savior. I ask you to come and change me from the inside out. Lord, I, I confess my sin. Anything I've done that I know that doesn't please you, I give it to you. I ask you to forgive me. Make me a new person right now. I confess confess you as Lord in my life and I admit that I need you to be my Savior. Lord, I believe that Jesus came to forgive me of my sins and the best way, oh, I know how I ask you into my life right now and I pray this in your Son Jesus' name. Come on, church, and everybody say amen. Amen, 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 amen. The psalmist says, accept my prayer as incense offered to you, my upraised hands as an evening offering lifted hands mean two things we talked about one of them last week victory in jesus amen and it means something else i surrender i surrender to you lord 
So here's what I want to do. Every person in this room that's able to do it, would you stand in the presence of Jesus? He is here right now. Would you stand in the presence of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is right here right now. And they are going to lead us in a song. And let's just lift our hearts and let's lift our hands and let's let know God. We love him with all of our hearts. Amen. You are here. You're moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you, you are here, you're working in this place, I worship you, I worship, come on sing it, you are here, you are here, you're moving in our midst, I worship you, I worship you. See it, you're working, even when 
that you have he knows the hurt that you're experiencing he knows the joy that is in your life he knows every part of you and he wants you to have that with him he wants you to know him so deeply that you can't help but do something crazy for Jesus 
God is so good, so mighty, so strong. Last week I mentioned that song, It's Beginning to Rain. Can I tell you something as your pastor? It's beginning to rain. The Holy Spirit is raining down. And how many of you know that was about the quickest two minutes you've ever experienced? That was two minutes. Two minutes. You guys scoot back. Scoot back. Scoot back. God said, I let you go up there and preach. Why aren't you going to do it? It wasn't pretty, but I didn't feel for you anyway. Come on. Can we just give God a praise this morning? Come on, to the Lord. To the Lord. Come on, give him a praise. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. Come on, give him a praise. Let him know you're more important to me than the Buckeyes or the Browns. You're more important to me than my college. You're more important to me than my bank account. You're more important to me than anything. Lord, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, for you're worthy of my praise. Jesus. Oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, this is one of those services. I just don't want to be done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. God is so good all the time. David, come up here. We got some celebrating to do. We have a few people that have reached a benchmark in their Christian walk, and Pastor David is going to share that with you. We're going to celebrate with them. Amen. Amen. Let me just tell you, God has called our church to be a great commission church. And I thank God that he's doing that, amen. What a marvelous presence of God. Let's give God glory, amen. Amen. And God has called us to be a great commission church. I'd like to ask my wife if she would come. We're just gonna take a moment. But one of the things about a great commission church is that we build a discipleship culture. And there are some people that I want to give uh, a certificate to. Would you just come? There are actually three, but only two are able to be here today, Tamara and Savannah. Uh, will you come forward? And uh, let me just tell you who these people are and what they're doing. A couple weeks ago, I brought, come on up here. Connie will give you the, uh, the certificate. Yes, I do. She won't, but I want you to. Yes, I do. <laughs> I want both of you. Amen. I think we want to give God praise. You don't even know what it's about, but give God praise anyway. This is Savannah Willis and Tamara Harris. And they are the second and third people to complete the Purpose Driven Life Study. And I want to tell you what, we need to give God glory for that. Praise God. 40 days is not a long time. But 40 days is long enough that some people get off track, some people quit, some people go, some people start, some people get down, some people say, I think I'll make it. Others, these two, along with her, your sister Hannah, completed it all. And they're getting ready to move on to their next step. 
So first of all, I just want to, Connie, would you give Savannah, first of all, her, uh, her certificate? And I want to just ask you, Savannah, can you take your mask down? I've already had COVID, so it's okay. And so, <laughs> and so would you just tell people quickly how, what this has meant to you? Um, it did take me a little longer than four days, but it's meant actually finding something that God wanted me to do for him, not just for myself, but something that is really true, something that is meaningful for not my life, but to show others that he is here, he is true, he is an almighty God. Amen. God bless you. Amen. And Tamara, Connie will give you your certificate. I'm so proud. You did yours in 40 days, didn't you? There wasn't one day you missed. Not one. And she would write sometimes late at night and say, I'm reading. I just haven't got it done yet. And so Tamara, I am so proud of you and what God is doing. Tell us what this has meant. It's meant a lot. It's grown me in so many ways I can't even explain. I've grown so much through this. So She's not the same young lady that started this. Amen. The last thing she said in her text is she texted Connie and I together. She said, I want to go on a mission trip. And I want to reach people to Jesus. Amen. I think God has great things in store and, there, and, and others. I wonder those of you that may either be in purpose-driven life or you've started uh, or you're doing it with someone else or whatever, would you just raise your hand? We've got a number of people. Yeah, man, we've got a whole bunch of people doing this, and God's going to do a great thing. So. We celebrate these two young people and the more to come. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Thank you, Pastor David. I'm going to ask the ushers to come at this time. And as they're coming, I want to make an announcement uh, that we've been in the works. You've heard me talk about it a little bit uh, in the past. And, uh, but we, uh, as a board, as Capital City Church Board, have uh, been praying about and talking about and finally made the decision to establish the office of deacon at Capital City Church. And uh, a deacon is someone who shepherds the people, who pastors the people, who follows up and, and uh, is a part of the pastoral care of the people. And we actually have an amazing team. We call them the care team. And uh, they uh, are a part of that process. And so, um, in fact, they, they do a ton. In fact, this week I got a call from the care team because they heard my back was down and I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. They called me and, and encouraged me. What a great, what an amazing thing it is. Thank you, Patty, for your phone call. And uh, it just means so much to me. And uh, so today uh, we are announcing our first two uh, recommended by the pastor, uh, appointed by the board, our first two deacons. Our lead deacon is right down here with a bucket in her hand, Judy Everman. And uh, would you just let her know we love you? Come on, come on, you can do better than that. <laughs> She's fantastic. She said, well, what do I have to do, Pastor? I said, just do what you're already doing. We just want to put a name on it, amen? And, uh, and then our other deacon, and there will be no more that will come down the road. But the other one is back here playing the bass guitar, Greg Lowry, Maori, Maori. <laughs> so we love you, Greg, and uh, such encouragers. So uh, if you see them after the service, let them know uh, how much you appreciate them and how much you love them. And we're so very proud of you. 
And uh, let's just bow our heads and uh, pray for God's blessing upon the offering. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the awesome gift of your son, Jesus Christ. You, you showed us the way to be givers. And Lord, as we give back to you from the abundance you've blessed us with, help it to be with a cheerful heart. And I pray, Lord, your blessing upon each one. Use what is given for more of this, more of people coming into the heart and life and, and into the awareness of God in their life and accepting Jesus as their personal Savior. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I asked the team, I know that first song was new during the first part of the service, but it's not new anymore because you've already heard it. So uh, I kind of threw them a curveball, and I thought uh, it would be great if we could close out uh, the service uh, with this song. And uh, we're just, I tell you what, my heart is full and overwhelmed. By the way, there are things coming down the road. We can't, we're not ready to share them yet, but there are things, there are ministries that are taking place that are coming into fruition behind the scenes that are just going to, are gonna catapult our, our influence, not just in Columbus, but across the state of Ohio, across the district, the, the, our, our district, across the denomination of 3CU. In fact, it's going to catapult our influence in other denominations, Nazarene, Wesleyan, whatever, United Methodist, all. I believe that God is, is poising, putting us in a place where Capital City Church will, will not just add daily, but multiply daily to those who are coming to Christ. So just keep that in mind. We're gonna let you know what's happening uh, very soon. God is on the move here at Capital City Church, and I believe that with all my heart, amen? Amen, I know that some of you uh, may have to take off, and uh, let me just let you know, David, Pastor David, he's already back there. If you gave your heart to the Lord today, or in recent weeks and you've not talked to David, we have a special gift. Just go back there and say, I prayed the prayer. We have a gift to give you. He's a really nice guy. I promise you won't bite. And uh, he's even got his mask on, so that's okay. And, uh, but, uh, but if you have to leave, I understand. But you know, I, I would encourage you, let's, let's finish this day with celebration. Let's stand to our feet and let's just give God all we've got. Amen. Let's worship him together. Come on, put your hands together. Help us out. Wandering into the night Wanting a place to hide This weary soul This bag of bones I try with all my might I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting A vagabond And just when I ran out of road I met a man I didn't know And he told me that I was not alone He me
got no choice but to believe my doubts are burning like ashes in the wind. So, so long to my old friends, burdened in bitterness. You just can't keep it moving. Nah, you ain't welcome here. From 